This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. When we're talking about provision, we're finishing up the series on provision. We serve a God whose character and His name, Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, promises us this, that He is aware of our needs before we even ask. We ask because we need to, and we need to be humbled. And He is working on our behalf when we can't even see it. Last week we talked about 1 Kings 17, in the middle of a famine, which we equated to a recession that prognosticators say that we're in right now. God fed Elijah at a particular place. He said, go to this particular brook, stay there, and I'm going to command the ravens to feed you there. So he stood and he went and he stayed during the famine by the brook. Ravens, which were unclean birds, would bring him the bread there and there he would eat. That brook dried up. When the brook dried up, God said, now I have a new place for you to go. And that's where we are today when we pick it up in verse 8. But I want some of you to be encouraged by this already at the beginning of this message. Because some of you have been at a particular place where your provision has come a certain way. And that has dried up. Can I tell you that even though the brook in your life has dried up. Even though it might be a particular job, a particular client, a particular way uh, that you've been provided for. It might have been a relationship that provided you the emotional support that you needed. And that brook has dried up. That has not changed who God is. You understand that? He is still your provider. So when the brook runs dry in your life, He says there's a new place for you. And that's where He's taking us today. I also want to caution you in this. Today we're going to be talking a lot about financial provision uh, because it fits well with the text. But understand that provision is not just about money. God wants to provide your needs for your health, your relational needs. He wants to provide for you in every single way. And before we become self-centered and selfish about that, like, oh wow, we have this God who's just going to make me comfortable, let's remember this, that the reason He provides for us is a sign to us that the ultimate provision has already been provided. Our sins have been paid for. Our sins have been forgiven. So every time God meets your physical, emotional, and financial need, it's just telling you there's a bigger story you're part of. I'm redeeming the world. And this extra little thing that I provided for you is just a reminder that I provided for you the ultimate provision. That is my forgiveness and my substitutionary death. So having said all that, let's go to the scripture. Starting in verse 8 of 1 Kings 17, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Twelve, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son 
Now look at the darkness of this line. That we may eat it and die. What a desperate situation she was in. 13, Elijah said to her, don't, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. And she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day. Now I want you to repeat this after me. Say every day. See, that's what provision is. There was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Look at that. Every day there was food for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. So here it was. Elijah is being fed by the brook. Earlier in the passage, the ravens were commanded to feed him. Something that I didn't even notice last week that my friend Jackie, she pointed out that the ravens brought the bread and it said he ate meat and bread. So more than likely he ate the ravens. They were the meat. Here it was bringing him bread and ravens right there to the brook. The brook runs dry. Now God says, I want you to go somewhere else. And he says, go to this particular country. And this was the country that Jezebel was from. If you don't know who Jezebel was, she was an enemy of God. And she was an enemy of Elijah. And God says, I'm going to send you to a country where there are people who are antagonistic towards you. This was not in God's chosen land, among his chosen people. This was among a different type of people. If you notice what the widow said, she said, the Lord, your God. She, she didn't think she had any right to the Lord. She wasn't part of God's chosen people. She said, the Lord, your God. And she said that to Elijah. He went to a widow. And maybe in our contemporary mindset, we might think, well, she was a widow who was well-to-do. But that simply was not the case. Because in this ancient culture, if a widow had not remarried or not, had not been redeemed by her kinsman redeemer, she would be the destitute of all the poor. She was a very poor woman in an antagonistic country. Uh, and she was down to her last meal. Now, I know some of us feel like we've been down to our last meal or our last bit of money in our checking account and so forth. But I would it would be hard for me to imagine many of us were down to our last meal before we lived. I can only imagine the emotional stress she felt because she was either going to die with her son or she was going to die herself knowing that her son was going to be an orphan and that there was no assurance that he would be provided for. Could you imagine how that lady felt? That morning, when she looked and there was in the jar just enough flour and just enough oil for one more meal, that was it. And Elijah, in the middle of the famine, in the middle of the recession, when God said he was going to provide for Elijah, God sent Elijah to the most unlikely country, the unexpected country, and to a widow of all people, of all people, God sent him to somewhere he never should have been. But see, God is always up to something bigger than what we can imagine. And he has things in operation that we could never imagine with our natural mind. You see, in life, 
Timing is everything. Now, if you've heard that phrase before, but it surely is true. The, the ancient Greeks, they, who came up with all the Olympic games that have evolved over the years, their most popular uh, competition was one in which they would light the torch and throughout the city, obstacles would be set up in the city. And it was not a competition of speed. It was a competition of rhythm and timing. Because they would light these, take these sticks and put the tar on them and light the fire. And it was their job to go throughout the city and to not just finish the race, but to bring the flame to the finish line. And that's why we have the Olympic torch now that signifies that ancient race. And if they went too fast, the wind would blow out the torch. And if they went too slow, they wouldn't have enough tar to finish the race. And so it was a certain timing and pace that they had to get there to the finish line right on time. You know, in baseball, the difference between a home run and a foul ball is all just timing. It's the same pitcher, the same pitch, the same speed. The bat comes around and the timing of the bat determines whether it's going to be a point for the baseball team or a run for the baseball team or whether it's going to be a negative foul ball. Timing is everything. I've been reading recently about the Cuban Missile Crisis. In October 24th of 1962, our country was literally on the verge of World War III. Some of you remember that time. And now, as historians have looked through the documents and heard the tapes in the Kennedy administration, it was very clear that America was prepared to sink a a red navy ship as it a red ship as it came to the quarantine line in the Caribbean islands and at just the last minute Khrushchev sent orders to turn around the ship and if he had not done that if he had not sent that order just in time we very well could have had a nuclear a nuclear reaction 60 million Americans could have died and more Russians could have died senselessly but in just the right time Things turned around. You see, when we're talking about provision, here's the first thing I want you to write down is this. It's provision comes at unexpected times. Provision comes to your life at an unexpected time. And I'm sure for that, for that widow, when she woke up that morning and saw the jar of flour and saw the, the, whatever the oil was held in, the jar of oil, I guess, she looked at that and thought, this is it. I mean, this is going to be the last meal. This is the end of the line. Can I just remind you of something? That when you're at your end, you're at your end emotionally, you're at your end relationally, you're maybe the, the checking accounts at the bottom, you're at the end that you are in a perfect position for God to bring a miracle to your life. Because when you're at the end of your own strength and you're at the end of your own power, you are in position for God's power to come take up the rest. Because God is always up to something and He has timing. You see, when, as soon as, uh, as the oil was running out and the flour was running out, little did this widow know that in another country, Elijah was sitting by a brook. And that brook was becoming less and less uh, of a flow every day. And God in His providence saw the flour and the oil emptying. 
And he began to dry up the brook. Because until the brook went dry, until the brook went dry, Elijah would not move on to the next place God had for him. And so God was watching this widow and her supplies. And he was watching the brook. And he dried up the brook. Because he needed Elijah to be somewhere else. And he needed Elijah to go somewhere else. Because his timing is always perfect. I want Rob Hole to, to make his way to the stage. Because God always knows more than we know. He's wiser than we are. He, if he's his, our provider... Just as we talked about in Genesis, 20, Genesis 22, as Abraham was going up the mountain, the ram was coming up the other side. Rob's going to share a story with you how he's seen this in his life. A few years ago, uh, when my son Mason was six years old, we were downtown uh, in Nashville at an event. And as we walked to our car past LP Field, he saw on this little hillside, uh, as we were driving out in this place, in this little hillside right there at LP Field, two homeless people setting up their uh, sleeping bags for the night. And he looked out the back window with his face pressed against that window and just could not believe that people would have to live in that situation. And we talked momentarily about homelessness and, and um, did my best to help him understand. And he looked at me and he asked me a question with such wisdom. He said, Dad, what's your plan? And I was like, oh, man. What a question. And uh, we talked a little more and, and thought of ways that maybe we could uh, participate in helping. Well, a few months later, I was at a 3rd of July party at a friend's house. and We're all mingling and I'm talking to this one guy. And he's telling me very excitedly about the bridge ministry and, and how involved him and his wife are going down and serving these homeless people every week. I thought, wow, one of these days I'd like to do that. And uh, we exchanged phone numbers. And um, anyways, a couple of days later, my wife and I were hosting a party in our neighborhood, uh, a 5th of July party. And uh, our association gave us hundreds of dollars. We went out, we bought all this food, barbecue, beans, potatoes, had all this food, had this uh, enough food for about 175 people or so. And we put up flyers and, and signs and all this. Well, the day came, we threw our party and no one came. No one came except for the three or four couples that we hang out with. And we were so disappointed. And, and we boxed up all the food at the end of the day and took it home and just wondered, what in the world are we going to do with all this food? Well, I remembered that next day, that guy that I met who serves at the bridge ministry. And I called him, and it was a Tuesday, their main night that they, uh, they do the bridge ministry. I called this guy just out of the blue. Hey, I'm Rob. I met you the other night at that party. I said, I don't know if this will help, but we've got food for about 150 people that didn't show up for this party. Uh, could you use it? And he, he goes, you've got to be kidding. He goes, I just talked to our normal food provider, and they cannot make it tonight. And we need food for 150 people. And so that night, my son Mason and I got to box up all that food, take it downtown to the bridge ministry, and, and give it over to the people who would serve it. And we watched as every single person that night was fed, and the food ran out as the last person went through the line. God provided. Amen. Can we thank God for that? See, that's what God does. I mean, I'm sure... 
you know, the people in Rob's neighborhood would have enjoyed the 5th of July party, but God in His providence knew that there were some people, homeless people, who needed that meal, needed to hear the gospel, and He set things up. And a willing heart and a heart full of faith was able to see that. Because God's timing is always right when He shows His provision. Have you guys been to the... uh, Kroger Marketplace there in the Gallatin Hendersonville border. Who's been there? Anyone been there? That place, I went there last week. That's an amazing place. Uh, just huge, and there's all types of nice stuff there. And as you walk through there, they're trying to give food samples to you, you know, different kinds of cookies and cheese and meats. And of course, I didn't want any of it, but I didn't want to be rude. So, uh, as my Christian witness, I went ahead and took all the samples. It reminded me of one time when I was at a, a barbecue with one of my good friend's house, uh, actually his farm. We were cooking stuff out, and there were, there were hamburgers and hot dogs and chicken and that kind of thing. I had my hamburger and beans and all that. He comes by uh, with, with some chicken, and he said, hey, do you want to try this? I said, sure. He, he puts it on my plate. Eat this chicken. It's really good chicken. I'm eating this. And then he's, he's kind of staring at me while I'm eating the food, which was a little strange. So with a little grin, he said, you know what that is? And I said, well, yeah, it's chicken. Chicken said, no. He said, it's goat meat. All of a sudden, the food I was enjoying didn't taste as good because I could look out on the farm and see all the goats right there on the farm. Isn't it amazing that sometimes that our source, when we know the source of something, It totally changes our perspective. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. It's provision comes at unexpected source. An unexpected source. God had already used an unclean bird, the raven, to feed. Now he was using a foreign, poor widow. You see, his chosen people, Israel, were not trusting him. So he had to use people who weren't supposed to even serve him. And a lady who was so unlikely to be qualified. He had to use an unlikely source for his provision to come. But he's going to do it anyway. He, because that's his character. He's going to provide for you. And I just want to ask you a question about the provision in your life. Could it be that God has been providing for you, but because the source is something you didn't expect or didn't prefer, that you've been too prideful to receive His provision. You know, I'm so grateful that I get paid to do this job, to prepare the Word of God, to counsel, to teach, to help the organizational structure of the church. I thank God every single day for my job and the right and honor you've given me to serve you and to serve you vocationally full time. But when I was... A young adult and in college, I didn't have a real glamorous job. What I used to do, my dad set up a business for me. And four months out of the year, I would work. And I would go to restaurants and school cafeterias and clean the grease traps. And listen, it was a nasty job. I would, at the end of the day, be covered with peanut cooking oil. And I stunk. And my car stunk. It was nothing glamorous. I didn't feel fulfilled cleaning the grease. I didn't feel inwardly satisfied. But during those years, that was provision 
And the rest of the year, I was free to do more ministry and enjoy my college experience and all of that because it was provision for me. And I think sometimes that our attitudes are so bad and we look at God more as a thief than a giver and we are bitter towards God and and we have resentment towards God that we can't even see that He's providing for us even though the source might not have been what we expected and maybe not even what we preferred. See, whether it's a raven, whether it's a foreign widow, whether it's cleaning grease traps, whether it's maybe for some of you, it's just very humbling to receive. It's just hard for you to receive. But God has chosen at certain times to use others. You see, we can never be givers if there's never recipients. For some of us, receiving is more humble than giving. But that's part of how God provides for us in some seasons. So the source, God is going to provide for you. That's who He is. That's His character, even if it's unlikely or unpreferred source. I was talking to uh, my friend Damon Passons. He pastors a church in Chattanooga that we sponsored when he started it. One of my best friends. And I was talking about this sermon, and he told me a story. He said, when Christy and I were first getting married, we were... Our bills were really tight. And there was one particular month where we were going to run short. We had enough money to pay our tithe. We had enough money to pay our mortgage. But we didn't have enough time, uh, excuse me, enough money to pay our electric bill. We went ahead and they prayed about it and they decided to pay their mortgage and to pay their tithe, not knowing how they're going to pay their electric bill. The day the bill was done, they checked the mail. And one of his friend's father had sent a check days before they even made that decision because God was providing for them. Isn't that incredible? Here's the third thing I want you to write down. His provision comes from an unlikely source. Excuse me. uh, Excuse me. Provision produces an unexpected result. It produces an unexpected result. Could you imagine that morning when the widow looked at the flower and looked at the oil and thought, this is just enough for one more meal. That's it. It's just enough for one more meal. But read with me again what the word of the Lord said in verse 14. It says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour, this is, this is 17 verse 14, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Go on to 15. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day. Can you say every day again? For Elijah and for the woman and her family. Here it was. She saw the flour. She saw the oil and thought, I have just one more meal. But every day, what she already had in her house, the God who provides, who at the unexpected time, from the unexpected source, produced unexpected results. Took just a little bit and made it last through the whole famine. Made it last through the whole recession. But I want you to catch something here. The provision here was not just about the widow. And it wasn't just about her son. It was about... Her and her son 
And the man of God she blessed. Here's the point I want you to understand. Provision's not about you. Yeah, it might pay your bill. And it might provide you the companion you need. And it might provide you the emotional support you need. But it is done so that you can bless others in your life. And I think that's one of the things that deceive us sometimes is because we get so self-centered and self-focused thinking about what we need, what we need, that we forget that God wants to meet our needs so that we can meet someone else's needs. It's like the ultimate pay it forward. Way before the movie and way before, you know, Oprah specials, pay it forward was God's idea. He said, I bless those so you can be a blessing to others. And that's exactly what God has done. So that what does that mean? That means whatever your jar of flour is and whatever your jug of oil is, you have everything you need to get through the famine. You have everything you need to get through the recession. Not only every day will he provide, he's going to provide for you and he's going to provide for others that you can bless, that you can be a blessing to. When I was in in college there was a revival going on in the Dallas area. Some of you have heard this story, but it just needs to be told again. And a friend of mine was really low on money. And so he had a $5 bill. And the first night he went to the revival, he spent enough on fast food to get a couple of items. And then he put like $2 of gas in his car back when $2 of gas actually, you know, helped you get down the road. And he put the change in an ashtray. It's about all the money he had. That night, after the revival, and God touched him, he looked in the ashtray, and there was more money in the ashtray than there was when he put it in before the service started. That happened the next night, and the next night. And until that revival ended, God would replenish enough, just enough money for him to pay for gas every day to get to the revival service. And if I remember the, the story correctly, not to be opportunistic here, but I think he also gave him the offering too. So, I remember hearing that story, and I'm going to be honest with you, I never saw the ashtray, but I believe the story, and I told people and encouraged people. Well, as that summer was ending, the bookkeeper at our church one day called me and said, Aaron, I want you to come to the church. And I came to her office, she said, Aaron, I have something for you. Someone had anonymously given $500 to me to help pay for my expenses for college that semester. And I was like, Lord, Why? I mean, why in the world did he give this to me? And I was sharing this with one of my spiritual mentors. And Brent went on to tell me, he knew about the story. He said, Aaron, the reason I believe God blessed you with this $500 check, it's because you believed the story about the ashtray. Now, I want to tell that to you, some of you, because you can go one way or the other. You can just, with reason and logic, try to figure all this stuff out. Or you can believe that there is a supernatural work. There is a God who loves you. There is a God who has a particular name as He revealed in Genesis 22, which is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide. And can I just encourage you in this? Not Provision is not always a spectacular story about flour and oil and about ashtrays and about uh, unexpected checks in the mail. 
I love those stories, and those are good stories. But provision is daily. Every time you buy groceries, every time you put gas in your tank, every time you pay another bill, every time you have a friend who sends you an encouraging email, every time someone prays for you, every time you uh, wake up and you have breath in your lungs and you're healthy another day, that is God's provision. That is His miracle. That is Him every day providing you what you need to get through the day. And some of us, we become so self-centered and focused on ourselves that we have failed to see the miraculous in our life. And we have failed to see the greatness of God working in our lives. And God's saying, I want you to abandon complaining and, and to not resent the Lord anymore and to hold contempt against the Lord. And instead, with gratitude, see Him as your provider. He knows what you need. He's providing what you need. He's looking ahead. And at that place of need, when your strength runs out the miraculous begins trust in him glorify him he's the one that gives you all the strength would you stand with me would you stand with me all across this room this has been a church in indian lake podcast be sure to check out indianlakechurch.com for all updated news and information